Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the world champion of the world podcast. It's your man qualified, a.k.a. the Black Ric Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent on the west side of Oahu. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again, and this is the first full-fledged episode of the podcast since we've uh, been back from the holidays and all that good stuff. Um, So there's a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of stuff to cover, and we're going to jump right in. Uh, So we're going to jump right in with Ring of Honor, uh, the last episode. Uh, This is Ring of Honor 381. Um... So they kicked off the show, starting off showing highlights from uh, Final Battle. Uh, looks like they did a, a update to the opening uh, signature video package. I guess they had to do that with uh, the Elite moving on. Uh, show opens up with uh, Ian Riccoboni in the in the ring, uh, Marty Skrull, uh Chris Sabin, Flip Gordon, and Dalton Castle are all there with him. Uh, Ian big ups Jay Lethal retaining the world championship at final battle uh, says that all the guys who are in the ring currently have uh, earned ring of honor world title opportunities in 2018 um, the you know the year before because it's 2019 now guys um, and he says that the four of them are going to face off in a four corner survival match to determine who gets the first shot at a Jay Lethal's title uh, in 2019. So um, he's about to introduce Jay Lethal, but Matt Taven's music hits, uh, and he comes out with his uh, Ring of Honor, his purple Ring of Honor belt. Uh, he talks about defending uh, his title at Final Battle in December and that he doesn't see anybody who uh, should get a title shot uh, Matt Taven says that it's good to see Flip's face again because it's been so uh, it's been buried so deep in the Young Bucks' asses. Nice. Uh, Taven talks about Chris Sabin not being relevant since uh, 2012, um, and uh, then he uh, Matt Taven cracks a little joke about the AEW boys and says, uh, you know, where's everybody gone? Uh, that Marty isn't tall enough to catch the, uh, train to Jacksonville. Um, and then Matt Taven talks about beating Dalton Castle at final battle and says that the next person who gets a shot at his title is going to earn it just like he did because he's Matt Taven. Uh, then Jay Lethal comes out to the uh, comes out, meets Taven in the entrance way. Uh, he's not about this shit. He wants all the smoke, and they start brawling, and then we go into a commercial break. Um, next up, Luchasaurus. Yep. <laughs> versus Jeff Cobb. Uh, Luchasaurus, right as soon as the bell rings, lets you know that uh, even though his name is stupid, he is uh, he is really with the shits. Uh, hits a crazy spin kick uh, on Jeff Cobb. Uh, interesting match. Luchas- it's a, it was a proving ground match, so I guess that's why Luchasaurus kind of had to get a little bit more offense in. They, they needed to see uh, what he was working with. Pause. Um... 
He had some nice offense, but uh, this was only going to go one way. Jeff Cobb hits a belly-to-belly to Luchasaurus off the turnbuckle. Uh, a pile driver tour the islands. One, two, three. Jeff Cobb's your winner. Um, next up, Kelly Klein, the new Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, makes her entrance. Um, Nikki Adams is waiting for her in the ring. Uh, Kelly Klein talks about defeating uh, how she had to beat three other women to become the Ring of Honor, uh, the Women of Honor World Champion. Uh, Kelly Klein says that every uh, one-on-one match with her uh, from this point forward will be for the Women of Honor World Championship. So Kelly Klein is definitely going to be a fighting champ. Uh, She's not with your bullshit Brock Lesnar. She's defending the belt. Anytime that she's out here, anytime she shows up. Uh, next up, so they uh, so they actually get into the match. So this is for the title. Uh, Kelly Klein uh, does her thing, um, and and then uh, Kelly Klein ends up uh, ends up winning the match. Um, not not too much to it. Um, after the match, it seems like this was, that's what it was more about. After the match, uh, Jenny Rose comes to the stage. Jenny Rose, uh, says, tells Kelly Klein that they have a match at Honor Reign Supreme. Uh, and Jenny Rose challenges Kelly Klein to make it a street fight. And Kelly Klein says that she's with the shit. So, uh, at, at, uh, Honor Reign Supreme, Kelly Klein, Jenny Rose street fight uh, for the for the Women of Honor Championship. Uh, next up, SoCal Uncensored, uh, Uncensored, our guy CD Christopher Daniels uh, makes his entrance. Um, he talks about final battle and how uh, it didn't really go the way that SCU SCU wanted it to. Uh, Daniel says there's only one thing left to do, and that's to say goodbye. Uh, he says that he's going to take all the memories from Ring of Honor with him. He talks about uh, the first Ring of Honor main event, the triple threat between him, Loki, and Brian Danielson. Uh, he talks about his first Ring of Honor title match being an Iron Man match in 100-degree weather. Uh, he says that he wants to remember every opponent that stood across from him in the ring because they became his comrades, uh, they became his friends, and they became his brothers. Uh, So Daniel talks about being tied to the best professional wrestler. Uh, He talks about trying to be the best professional wrestler he could be every time he stepped into a Ring of Honor ring. Um, Joe Coff, the Ring of Honor COO, comes to the stage and thanks Daniel. Uh, Talks about having had his differences with with CD over the past year. Um, He says that Chris Daniels made him... Uh, did something at final battle that really made him uh, rethink about their situation. Uh, he talks about how uh, Christopher Daniels defended Carrie Silken, uh, who's the reason that Ring of Honor exists. Koff uh, says that if uh, that because uh, of what Daniels did, he would like to issue him a new contract for 2019. Koff um, pulls a contract out. And Chris Daniels gets out of the ring and hugs Joe Coff before shaking his hand. Um, he holds up the contract, and then that's when Shane Taylor attacks Chris Daniels from behind. Uh, Taylor stomps on Chris Daniels. Uh, 
he's talking shit to Joe Coff. Uh, Taylor rolls Daniels into the ring. Uh, Chris Daniels hits a crossbody from the top rope uh, down the Taylor outside the ring, chops and punches at him. Um, Taylor sends him into the ring post uh, before sending him into the barrier. Uh, Taylor sends him into the ring, uh, grabs a chair, uh, connects with a knee strike, um, hits him in the back with the chair, hits the driver on Daniels onto the chair, and then he rips up his contract. I don't know why they couldn't just give him a new contract or uh, where Scorpio Sky and Frankie were, but uh, writing them off and the... And we we ended up seeing at the AEW rally, um, you know where uh, where SCU uh, where SCU was headed, uh, and why this happened. Uh, next up, Ring of Honor uh, World Champ Jay Lethal uh, hops in with the commentary booth um, for the Four Corners match. Uh, fun match. Uh, you know, back and forth, uh, back and forth action. Of course, you know if you if you've seen Ring of Honor, you kind of know how the uh, the multi man matches go. Uh, Ring of Honor definitely does stuff like four corner survival matches a whole lot more than uh, WWE or NXT. Uh, I guess they 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 do them better. I like it. Uh, I like my WWE matches to be mostly one-on-one, um, anyway, so, uh, I don't, you know what, that's weird, I don't know why, uh, I feel like, uh, other promotions do the whole multi-man match thing a whole lot better, I guess WWE, their whole business model is to create individual stars, that's what they're, that's what they're aiming for, so it makes sense that they would be more geared towards singles competition, anyway, um, Dalton Castle gets the win, uh, for, for this match, and, uh, Dalton Castle is gonna get first crack at Jay Lethal in 2019, um, and that's the, that's the end of the show, basically the show ends, uh, Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, uh, shake hands and kind of just have a stare down. Um, so next up, we're going to jump into Monday Night Raw. Somebody say Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I can't hear you, but I know you did it. Okay. Um, so, so, uh, Monday Night Raw, this is, uh, we're officially in the new era. They had a couple of, uh, a couple of tape shows in the, uh, in the new era. Um. But, uh, but here's the, uh, here's what, I guess what, um, what happened. Um, it's, I don't know, Raw has been just kind of like, it's, I don't know what's been going on with, uh, I don't know what's been going on with Raw. Um, but, uh, it would be, I feel like it would be, they, they need something to to shake it up um or or somebody uh to come and shake it up it would be uh seems like that would be a lot of fun but uh 
but I don't know. Uh, I, I, I really don't know what uh, what they can do with Raw at at this point um, to to kind of to kind of win uh, to win people back. Um, it's just yeah, I don't know. It's I, and it's it's like they don't really need Raw to to be the the best show at this point with its uh with with wwe's business model they just need the i feel like as long as the pay-per-views and the big shows don't suck and as long as you can deliver like some good moments here and there uh then they're okay that's kind of how they feel um but i personally would uh like it if raw wasn't three hours of crap <laughs> uh, every week, but anyway, I've you know I've kind of rambled on long enough. Let's jump into what happened on Monday Night Raw. Uh, so John Cena was uh, announced, and he was going to be on the show. Um, he didn't, they didn't really tell us why or what he was going to do. Um, so last week on SmackDown, he kind of he showed up and he talk to Becky Lynch, so, uh, there's that, um, there was also, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, popping up on the show, um, to, to honor Mean Gene Okerlund, uh, R.I.P., uh, and Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar were supposed to be on the show as well, uh, so first off, um, Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins open up the shop, open up the show, uh, just in a brawl, uh, and, and everybody is, uh, is trying to keep them apart, um, yeah, so, they need, they need something to do with Lashley, uh, he's a heel, Seth is, uh, Seth is money in the ring, the fans are behind him, uh, the last time that people uh, kind of cared about Lashley is when he was up against uh, Roman Reigns, who was somebody also that the fans uh, reacted to and had feelings about, even if at the time they kind of didn't like him when they were supposed to. But um, this is good for Lashley to, to be in there with somebody else who's over. Uh You know, but uh, Rollins also can uh, can kind of uh, benefit from from this as well. Uh, you know, beating Lashley this that'll give him a feather in his cap. Uh, and Lashley is still uh, still a specimen pause, so uh, it's gonna it's gonna look good for Rollins. Um, let's see here. Uh, next up, John Cena came out. To enter to announce that he is uh, gonna be in the men's Royal Rumble. Yeah, we gotta say that now. The men's Royal Rumble, uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, then Drew McIntyre ended up interrupting Cena, telling us the same thing. Um, that he uh, that he's gonna be in the Royal Rumble. He's gonna uh, beat up. John Cena, just like he beat up Dolph Ziggler to the Shield, Kurt Angle, and everybody. Uh, Cena and Drew McIntyre uh, are about to 
are about to scrap, but then Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush um, came back out uh, to to get into the fray, and then Seth Rollins jumped into that, and they started fighting. Um, Dean Ambrose came out, uh, and everybody's just, you know, brawling uh, until Finn Balor shows up. So this leads us to a six-man tag match, um, and this, uh, this, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, this six-man tag match ended up with, uh, Rollins getting the win for the faces, so that's, uh, Rollins, Balor, and Cena on one side, and Drew McIntyre, uh, Bobby Lashley, and Dean Ambrose on the other, um, and, uh, Rollins hits the uh hits the stomp on Ambrose for the win. Uh afterwards, uh Rollins pulled up on Triple H and he demanded a match with Dean and that was granted. So uh it was just kinda like a it was just kinda like a paint by the numbers type deal. Uh get everybody in there, get seen on TV. Uh but it was also like almost like 40 minutes of TV time. Um, I don't know, man. This I feel like this could have took like 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> but uh, 20 maybe um, if you wanted to make it like a good match. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. A lot of star power uh, and one of those things to try to build hype around the Royal Rumble. Probably going to see a lot of these guys uh, who are in this match also in the Royal Rumble. Uh, next up. Hulk Hogan, um, they, well, WWE rang the bell for, uh, they did the 10 bell salute for Mean Gene, uh, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, uh, talked up Mean Gene, they brought out a video package afterwards, um, Hogan talked about how many of the greats have, uh, you know, went on to the next life, and how we're, f- uh, how we have filled up heaven with wrestling royalty. So I don't know. Uh, I don't really know how that feels. Uh, I don't. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> like that's weird. Like oh yeah, all these wrestlers are in heaven. What, bro? Like I don't know. That just seems weird. But uh, yeah, I don't want to see Hogan on TV. Anyway, uh, next up, there was a Lumberjack match. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Champion, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus The Revival. Um, this, the the heels, The Revival, they got close to the win, um, but, uh, you know, close only counts in horseshoes and whatever the other thing it counts in. Um, the Bobby Roode reversed the inside cradle, um, uh, and, uh, and had, and that helped, uh, Chad Gable get the win, uh, despite Dawson's foot being under the rope, so, uh, part of me kind of wonders if we're finally building the, like, some kind of double turn, uh, turning the revivals, uh, turning the revival face, uh, and finally letting, uh, Bobby Roode and, uh, 
Chad Gable go heel, or I could see it even being like a slow burn turn and uh, Bobby Roode starting the cheat uh, with Chad Gable not realizing it, and then at the uh, when they finally lose the titles, Bobby Roode snaps on Chad Gable. And boom, we have a ready-made mid-card feud there. Um, but, uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, next up, we have Elias versus Baron Corbin. Uh, because Baron Corbin interrupted Elias during his uh, musical announcement that he was going to interrupt the... Or that he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. Uh Corbin interrupts his song uh, with his own announcement that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Um, decent match. Uh, Elias kind of kicked his ass the whole time. Um, Baron Corbin was able to throw him into the ref, distract him, and hit the end of days uh, for the win. Um, so Baron Corbin wins by pinfall. A uh, decent match, but um, I don't know. Uh, a lot of these, I, I I love Elias, but I'm waiting for him to to have that match with somebody in the ring where he's got that good chemistry and they're able to deliver. I mean, it doesn't have to be five stars. It doesn't have to be a barn burner, but just something that's um, something that's really that's a little bit better than that. Um, Let's see, next up, Braun Strowman uh, came out, and he wasn't playing no games. He wanted to get right to the shits, uh, start calling out uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar appeared backstage, uh, and they said that they decided not to appear face-to-face with Braun Strowman. Um, After a little bit of taunting from Braun Brock was like, fuck this, and came out, uh, circled the ring, and laughed at Braun Strowman, uh, which just pissed him off more, um, so that sucked, uh, but apparently Braun isn't cleared yet, so they couldn't, they couldn't really do anything physical anyway, uh, I say if that's the point, then, if, if that's the case, then they should have just kept it, uh, on screen, and just have Braun just be, like, super pissed, in the ring and then that way it's like man fuck like you know i mean i don't know like i feel like maybe that would build it a little bit better um because people are like man fuck you know like lesnar didn't come out here you talking all that trash what man i can't wait till braun beat the brakes off this motherfucker like you know what i'm saying so because that's because that's how wwe fans sound but uh but yeah, like, you know, I, that would work a whole lot better than what they did. Uh, next up, Apollo Crews and Ember Moon versus Gender Mahal and Alicia Fox. Um, so uh, Gender Mahal, Alicia Fox talking shit to the crowd. Um, Ember Moon, Apollo Crews interrupted. Uh, they beat the brakes off of them, got them out of there real quick, packed them out. Um, I am... Uh, I'm happy for Apollo Crews. Apparently, uh, the rumor is that they're looking to give him a little bit more of a push. Uh, so we'll see 
what that looks like in 2019. Um, I think it'll, I think he deserves it. Uh, he definitely deserves it. Uha Nation was one of the hottest names on the indies when WWE signed him and they've done like Jack Diddley with him. And I feel like they've done him a disservice a few times, bringing him up from NXT so fast, but he didn't even have a chance to establish himself in NXT. He had one title match that was really random. Uh, you know, and he didn't really have too many storylines, like, he's great in the ring, we know that, but, like, what is he besides awesome in the ring and the guy who smiles, like, in a company like Ring of Honor, well, even in Ring of Honor now, I think you would, you need a little bit more personality than you did in the old days where you could kind of live off of work rate, uh, so, yeah, man, Let's uh, let's see what's going on with Apollo Crews. Give him some good storylines. I like that they're giving him a push. Uh, let's see here. Ronda Rousey um, was on Moment of Bliss with... Uh, I almost said Alicia Fox uh, with Alexa Bliss. So the first ever edition of Moment of Bliss featured Ronda Rousey. Um, she came out and said that she wanted her next challenger to be Sasha Banks. Um, so the boss was with the shits and accepted. Uh, Nia Jax came out and said she wanted another shot at the baddest woman on the planet. Uh, Sasha Banks, my boo, and Nia Jax got into it before deciding that they would have a match, uh, to determine the number one contender at Royal Rumble. Um... So it was a good match. Of course, uh, Nia Jax still has uh, Tamina on her side. Uh, Bailey backing up the boss. So they they got into it uh, outside. Uh, Sasha took her shot when she needed it, uh, and she did a springboard into the uh, into the bank statement for a tap out from Nia Jax Banks. Sasha Banks is the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm I'm stoked. Um, it's about time because Sasha has just kind of been floating around and they hadn't done anything with the this women's tag division. So they just had her and Bailey just kind of floating around looking like idiots uh, for most of the year. But she's still very popular with the fans. Um, so it wasn't... It's all you got to do is put her in the match and she'll be heated right back up uh and a good way to to freshen things up uh freshen up the women's scene um let's see here there was a there was a pretty crazy looking botch uh in there that you that pe that people saw all all during the week i guess um sasha was trying to do like a head scissors or a hurricane rana to uh, Naya off the apron and basically almost looked like she almost broke her neck and Naya just face planted on the ring apron. Anyway, uh, the last match, the main event, Falls Count Anywhere. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Um, they brawled all over the place, brawled into the backstage. Um, Seth didn't give a fuck what happened to Dean. It seemed like, uh, 
Rollins does his uh, superplex, then buckle bomb, uh, super kick, tried to uh, hit the stomp, then all of a sudden Bobby Lashley pulled him out of the ring, uh, speared Rollins, um, destroyed Rollins, hit him with a spear, uh, and Dean gets the win. Uh, after after the, the match, Leo Rush pulls out a table, uh, and Lashley puts Rollins through the table. Um, so, uh, this was better than their match at TLC, um, and I'm kind of interested in here for this Lashley, uh, Lashley-Seth Rollins feud. I think it'll definitely help both guys. Um, yeah, so, here we go. (laughs) Um, I, I, I still wasn't really, uh... I still really wasn't uh, that high on Raw, but there there are some things that I'm interested in. So we'll see uh, we'll see how things go moving forward. Um, let's see here. Next up, we got WWE SmackDown. Um, so they hyped up the number one contenders uh, triple threat match uh, that's going to be happening later on: Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Carmella. Uh, from that, they cut to the concession stand where Daniel Bryan is with the fans. And, uh, he says that AJ, uh, if AJ was there, he'd be with the, with the people. Uh, Daniel Bryan says the only concessions made at the concession stand are to your health. Uh, then he asks us to look and see if the people around us are happy and healthy. Uh, he asks if, uh, he asks uh, how do we feel after we eat this garbage? Um, he says our lives are empty and that's why we eat and that's why we cheer AJ. Uh, then he grabs a hot dog from a person who's a plant. Uh, and he says that AJ is like this hot dog. It leaves us empty and then we move on to something else. Then he throws the hot dog at the guy. Uh, Brian throws a soda on another guy who's a plant. Uh, then he goes to the merch stand and asks for a Yes Movement tee. Then he says there aren't any because he killed the Yes Movement. Uh, he says that there's plenty of AJ merch, though. Uh, he says it's plastic, useless garbage that's ending the earth. Uh, then uh, Brian walks into the arena uh, and uh, he says that he's changing the world. Maybe that's an AEW shout-out. Hmm. Uh, he says, for change to come, he needs all of us to change. Then he calls us weak. Uh, he called a fan impotent. And, like, as soon as he said that, the fan was like, that is not true. It was super hilarious. Um, Heel Brian is so much win. Then he says that this is not AJ's house because he is the champ. He says that we boo him, but he's changing the world. Then R-Truth comes flying out of fucking nowhere and attacks Daniel Bryan, uh, and they have a match after the break. Uh, it's, and to me, it's really awesome, uh, that they're letting Truth get the rub from being in there with the champ. Uh, it's also cool with a champ like Daniel Bryan because, uh, I'm sure he's more willing to get in there with up-and-coming talent or talent like R-Truth who have been around and they can fill any role that's asked uh but they they don't always get the shine so our truth uh he should get credit for this run that he's on um 
he took a shot in small backstage segments and flipped it into having multiple TV matches in an actual part of the show. Uh, and him and Carmella have gotten dance breaks over, majorly over, doing the floss, flossing. Um, let's see here. After the break, uh, Truth is actually getting offense in. Um, even has control of the match for a little bit, but the new Daniel Bryan is able to quickly turn the tide and then hit the flying knee for the win. Uh, Daniel Bryan was headed up the ramp, and then AJ Styles attacked him on the stage. Uh, Daniel Bryan is able to escape after AJ Styles grabs a steel chair. Uh, so that's a fun match with Truth, and the Styles and Bryan feud continues to grow. Uh, in intensity leading to the rumble i don't know if the rest of you agree uh but this feud is basically what each guy needed is my opinion it's highly entertaining probably the best thing that brian has done since his return uh and my personal favorite aj feud since uh the one against reigns or maybe uh dean ambrose when uh they first restarted the dance uh the brand split um or I, I might just be a mark for these two, for these two guys, um, AJ and Daniel Bryan. Uh, after AJ's attack, Rey Mysterio's music hits. Uh, he comes to the ring next up. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Mustafa Ali versus Samoa Joe and Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, so how about Mustafa Ali? Out of all the names that were in the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, who would have expected Ali to be getting this push that he is? Um, I remember personally being like really impressed with his first round match and hoping uh, with uh, who was that against Lince Dorado uh, and and really hoping that he'd get signed uh, and he rewarded my faith in him, uh, you know, and my, my faith in him being a good talent. Uh, so he's set up for a huge 2019, I feel like uh, back from break the match with uh, the match with Samoa Joe. Uh, the match starts with Samoa Joe. He's in there against uh, Mustafa Ali. Uh, good match. Really good match, actually. Uh, Almas scores the win for his team. Um, and he gets the pin. Uh, after the match, Carmella reminds us that she won the title last year and that she beat Asuka and Charlotte twice. And she reminds us that Mella is money. You dig? Um, the Usos are shown backstage somewhere in the underbelly of the the arena. Uh, they let us know that they're ready for the bar, and they welcome us to the Uso Penitentiary. Um, after that, Rusev was in the ring. He reminds us of last week when Lana was injured because of uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's attack on him. Uh, Rusev calls out Nakamura. Nakamura doesn't come to the ring. Instead, uh, pops up on the screen. Uh, saying he's not responsible. He blamed Rusev for not protecting his own wife. Uh, Rusev goes to the back. Uh, he wants to smoke with Nakamura, but instead, Nak attacks Rusev. They have a pull-apart brawl. Um, they didn't really do much in the way of feuds for Nakamura when he was the U.S. champ. Uh, like his matches with Jeff Hardy, I think he had a couple of those, were more about uh, Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, he didn't do the open open challenge. And can you remember any of his feuds last year that, that weren't AJ, him punching AJ in the balls? Um, so I'm glad to see that the U.S. title finally has a storyline. Uh, next up, 
the Usos versus the Bar for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Titles. Uh, the match was ill as always uh, when these two teams are involved. Uh, but then the finish comes when Mandy Rose music hits, uh, and she comes to the stage in just a towel, asking Jimmy if he if she left her clothes in his hotel room. Uh, so Cesaro takes advantage of Jimmy Uso being uh, distracted, hits the neutralizer for the win. Um, I've seen people say that they dislike this storyline with Mandy Rose and they feel like it's setting the women back. Uh, personally, I don't really feel the same. I think it's entertaining. Uh, we don't get a lot of storylines involving the men and the women. Um, also, I've seen people complaining about Naomi and Mandy. Uh, fighting over a man i'd argue that naomi and and let me know uh get at me on twitter get at me on instagram uh let me know if i'm wrong here but i would argue that uh naomi is fighting because of mandy constantly disrespecting her by pursuing her husband when she's aware that he's married like you know this dude is in a relationship with her and that's at a certain point like that's disrespectful like I mean, everybody had, can do whatever they want, but, like, if you know somebody is taken, like, why you still, like, why you constantly shooting your shot and in front of the other person? Like, at that point, like, I feel like it's, it's disrespect, and you you want the smoke, and if the smoke is brought to you, you deserve it. <laughs> um, so, uh yeah, I could see more brawls uh, happening, like the one that happened on SmackDown uh, after the match uh, backstage. Naomi fought both Mandy and Sonya Deville until the numbers getting caught up to her. Uh, and then Jimmy uh, Jimmy Uso had to come up and kind of protect Naomi and send uh, Mandy and Sonya away uh, before Naomi could get too hurt. After a couple more bras uh, like that where Naomi fights two-on-one, she could find a partner. Uh, once the tournament for the women's titles are announced, Naomi and her partner uh, would have like a personal score to settle in their match, add something extra to it. Um, judging by some posts that I've seen on social media going back and forth, uh, Carmella might be just who uh, Naomi is looking for since... Uh, her since Naomi's previous uh partners that she's had like Asuka is a little bit busy as the women's champ uh she's teamed up with Becky and Charlotte before too and they're kind of all doing their own thing so Carmella um is a face now uh so it would it would make sense for for them to team up and be able to go against those two uh let's see here the um the after oh also after the tag match um the miz uh the miz kind of challenges uh the bar to a um to a match at the royal rumble uh for the tag team titles uh against him and his partner uh, best in the world, Shane McMahon. So the bar accepts, and then uh, Miz eats a brogue kick. So that's going down at the Royal Rumble. Um, which now, if we're not doing the Shane heel turn, this whole thing is just kind of weird to me. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess the Shane heel turn is still possible. 
uh, but maybe they just kind of like held it out a little bit more uh, or pushed it back uh, or maybe it's or maybe they never pushed it back and maybe it's still right on schedule uh, I mean we really don't know at this point but it felt like they were uh, they were trying to switch things up and and do something different when they announced this whole uh, new era and ending the GM thing um, next up uh, the women get the main event in the triple threat, um, and they really brought it. They're doing their thing. Uh, they get a, they even get a, this is awesome chant. Um, unfortunately, Carmella, but this totally frees her up for that other scenario that I was speaking about earlier. Uh, Carmella eats the loss, um, as expected, really. Uh, when you think about who was, uh, when you think about who was in this match, uh, but Carmella, Carmella eats the loss, um, and she taps out to the disarmor, uh, so it's gonna be the man versus the empress at the Royal Rumble, uh, it's gonna be crazy, Asuka doesn't really have anything for Becky on the mic, uh, but she'll be intense as fuck in the ring, and with the type of crowd that comes to the Royal Rumble, this match should have an awesome atmosphere, really looking forward to it, uh, the women's match, uh, I think that this one could definitely steal the show, um, next up, we're gonna jump into WWE NXT, okay, so NXT, uh, starts off where we have uh, them hyping a double main event Bianca Belair the EST of NXT who's undefeated (laughs) is up against uh, Nikki Cross who is on her way out of NXT and EC3 who's also on his way out of NXT is against Adam Cole uh so after they hype up the two main events, Johnny Gargano is out first. He wishes us all a happy new year. Says that 2018 was a roller coaster for him. He did some thinking over the holidays. And he says that winning championships, that winning and championships are the two most important things. Uh, he says in 2019, he'll be better. And in 2019, he'll become a champion. So, uh... The crowd starts chanting for DIY. Gargano says that uh, don't get confused about a moment in the cage that meant nothing. He says that Ciampa is still trash and has a title he wants. Then he says there's another... Another... Wow. (laughs) He says that there's another title there that he wants. Uh, and he says that since the idea of Ricochet versus Gargano for the belt has come at him, uh, since has been floated around, Ricochet has come at him saying, if Gargano want to smoke, I'm right here, which is all facts. And <laughs> Ricochet, well, Gargano says he doesn't want the smoke. But if he wants the title, he'll take it. Somehow, I think that 
Gargano might not know what wanting the smoke means. He might think it's actual smoke. But, uh... Ricochet interrupts, and the champ comes out to the ring in a pretty sharp suit. Uh, he's got his ankles out again, so I don't know if he's here to fight. But uh, Ricochet says all Gargano had to do was ask for a shot. Ricochet says if Gargano is going to take his title, and then Ricochet asks if Argano is Gargano is going to take his title face to face like a man, or by attacking him from behind in a parking lot. Ooh. Uh, Ricochet says that Gargano may call himself Johnny Takeover, but he will be the one and only one who walks out with the belt at Takeover Phoenix. Uh, Ciampa's music hits. Uh, He says that wins or championships are what it's about. Gargano cuts him off and tells him to leave. Uh, Alistair Black's music hits. Oh, yeah. Uh, He appears on the screen and he says that He hopes Ciampa is focused on him because he'll make him fade the black. Uh, The lights go out and Aleister Black shows up on the ramp and attacks uh, Tommaso Ciampa, chases him off to the back. Uh, Gargano takes advantage and lays Ricochet out with a super kick and walks out smugly. Uh, Great opening segment. Nice how they tied the two feuds together because three of these four guys still have some pretty intense beef between them. Uh, Ciampa popping out makes me wonder if Ricochet will be in the NXT title picture sooner rather than later Uh, next out after some takeover hype uh, is the EST Bianca Belair and uh, I can't wait for her match against Shayna Baszler uh, it's gonna be fire. That and the Ricochet and Gargano match are what I'm gonna, I'm waiting for. Easily, uh, my two favorites in the women's division in NXT. Um, really good match. Uh, really good match that I'm expecting between those two. Uh, also a good match between, uh, Bianca Belair and, uh, Nikki Cross here in this episode of NXT uh Belair is able to pick up the win she hits the KOD uh and and that's that so I'm totally here for a uh Bianca Belair title reign let's make it happen next out Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner are out as a team uh they're up against a couple of jobbers uh, Eichner and Barthel get the win in uh, basically an extended squash. Uh, some pretty impressive moves done during this match as well. Um, just some. Uh, uh, I think I think that they can. They have potential as a team just based off of uh, what we saw in the ring there. Um, for the main event, EC3 is out first. Uh, then next up, we have Adam Cole with the whole Undisputed Era. Bruh, these guys are so great. Uh, good match between these two. Adam Cole ends with the win. Uh, the Undisputed Era begin to attack EC3, and then they beat him down. War Raiders come out and fight them off, and then we end the show with a stare down. It's lit.
Um, so NXT continuing the build to take over Phoenix, which should be a good show. Uh, next up, I'm going to jump into reviewing WWE NXT UK TakeOver, which is their first big, like, major TakeOver special since they've had the show, uh, the first time they've built to a pay-per-view, uh, so really interesting stuff here, uh, interesting atmosphere, uh, the crowd was really hot. crowd seem to be really uh really into really into the matchups um show opens up with a highlight package of the great nxt uk moments uh pete dunn versus tyler bait in chicago mustache mountain winning the nxt uh tag titles the start of nxt uk and just a whole lot more a uh, nice reminder of where the brand has come from to get to this moment uh first match uh is mustache mountain versus zach gibson and james drake mustache mountain out first to a huge pop and they're wearing trunks that are basically uh paying homage to the british bulldogs uh, which you know would definitely go over well here here at this crowd. Um, Johnny Saint is out there and he's on hand to hold up the to hold up the tag titles. Um, match gets underway. They're going uh, the crowd was going nuts with like a football uh foot football. <laughs> with a football style uh, chant or song. Uh, if anybody out there can explain it to me, what this whole shoe thing is that people do during Zach Gibson matches, like uh, people take off a shoe and hold it up in the air, and I can't for the life of me understand what the hell they're saying when they're doing their little soccer chant or whatever uh, when they're holding up their shoes. So I don't get it. I need somebody to explain that to me. Um... Tyler Bate and Zach Gibson were doing some really great grappling and, uh, like, chain wrestling, uh, catch wrestling. Uh, really impressive bridge and float over by Tyler Bate. Um, after that, he goes and tags in Trent Seven. And after Trent Seven is uh, tagged in, James Drake is tagged in. Uh, back and forth action between Seven and Drake. Uh, Trent Seven surprised me a bit with a dive to the outside on James Drake. Uh, Trent Seven's really good at, at getting the heat and taking the beat down. Uh, plays pretty much just came unglued once Tyler Bate got the hot tag. Uh, Tyler Bate is a big, strong boy indeed. Uh, hits an airplane spin while holding both men. Uh, the match was just continuing to get crazier at that point. Near fall when uh, Gibson hits Helter Skelter and then Drake comes off the top with a 450 splash on Trent Seven. Uh, the finish finally comes when uh, James Drake gets the pin on Trent Seven after an assistant long blower. Just an incredible match. A uh, really great way to start the show. Uh, crowd loved it. 
just a, a hot way to start the whole pay-per-view, the whole uh, whole special. Next up, uh, Jordan Devlin was supposed to face Travis Banks, but he attacked him before the match. Uh, Travis Banks could not continue. Uh, they announce a replacement for Banks, and it's Finn Balor. Uh, good match. Uh, it's going to be tough. It was tough to follow that first match, especially with uh, how over uh, Mustache Mountain is. But, I mean, like, if you're going to send somebody else out there, you might as well send Finn in the U.K., where he's going to be over like Rover. Um Finn wins uh Finn wins the match with a coup de gras off the top. And it's kinda cool because uh Finn actually trained Jordan Devlin. Um they kinda look alike. Uh wrestle similar. A lot of pe uh there's people who are calling Jordan Devlin baby Balor. So would have been cool if they were able to kind of play off the whole student-teacher dynamic and if there was, like, a real feud, but, yeah, I don't know. And I'm not sure if there was, like, a legitimate injury to Banks or if, uh, or if they were just, like, you know, we, um, we need something to, to surprise the people get the people talking and be like, hey, this was a, you know, a, a big happening. Because when you think about it, January's been packed. We had Wrestle Kingdom last weekend. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom last week, we had uh, Homecoming uh, from Impact last weekend. Um... So, there's a lot going on to in order, and then we're going to have the Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver. So, you don't want the first ever NXT UK TakeOver to get lost in the, to get lost in the sauce, to get lost in the shuffle. So, you're going to have to uh, add some, some extra stuff to it and, and try to, and try to make it a, uh, Try to make it a bigger deal. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. Here's my cat coming over here. Getting some love while I'm recording. You can't see it. But she's, uh, he's totally in my face. Alright. Next up, we have Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis in a no disqualification match. Uh, Pretty good match. The biggest highlights are probably, uh, or to me, physical highlights uh probably um uh probably eddie dennis holding mastiff um before planting him on the still steps and eddie dennis uh hitting like a razor's edge type move off the off the top uh the finish for this match comes when uh mastiff hits the into the void cannonball through a table in the corner on uh through a table on the corner in the corner on uh eddie dennis um and then uh let's see here the next match that we had was rhea ripley 
uh, versus Tony Storm for the NXT UK Women's Title. Uh, Tony Storm was out first, uh, and the crowd loves her. Uh, Rhea Ripley has it as a heel, in my opinion. Um, all she did was walk out, and I was ready to hate her. Uh, really hot crowd for the match, and both of these ladies totally bring it. Fun spot where they're just kind of wailing on each other in the middle of the ring. Uh, Tony Storm becomes the first to kick out of the Riptide. Uh, Tony Storm gets the win out of reversing out of a second Riptide and hitting Storm Zero for the second time in the match. A uh, huge pop. She deserves it. And not even with the whole nude, uh, the whole nude picture scandal. Um, she, in my opinion, she should have been the division's first champ. Uh, but I understand them saving this moment for their first pay-per-view. Uh, afterwards, she celebrates with the crowd. Uh, the main event, Joe Coffey versus Pete Dunne. Uh, Coffey was out first. Uh, for some reason, he just doesn't feel like a title contender to me. Uh, but I felt going into that, uh, going into this match, um, well, I felt going in that this match was going to be huge, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, epic matchup, uh, they really made coffee, uh, and they delivered on that. Epic matchup, they made coffee look like a monster, uh, in this match. Pete Dunn gets the win by forcing coffee to tap, a really long match, um, but just, uh, but just really, really good in-ring action. Uh, interesting stuff. Um, after Pete Dunne wins and celebrates for a little bit, Walter makes his debut when his music hits and he walks to the ring like a complete badass. Uh, crowd starts going nuts while he has an, a stare down with Pete Dunne. Jofi, Joke, Jofi. <laughs> Joe Coffey gets up and he tries to enter the ring and Walter just boots him right out of there. Uh, they stare each other down and they do their signature poses. Uh, and basically out of that, we can uh, ascertain, uh, we can get that Walter is here. He wants the belt. Nice. Uh, Walter is going to be a hell of a challenger uh, to the absolute legend that they're bi uh, building Pete Dunne into. Um, so that's uh, that's basically what happened on uh, WWE NXT UK TakeOver. Um, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to uh, watch Impact Wrestling. So I'm not going to have a recap of Impact on today's uh, episode. But now we're just going to kind of jump into the quick hits. Um, as you guys would expect. There's more AEW news, and uh, AEW is just kind of dominating the the wrestling news cycles right now because every everybody's trying to figure out okay who's the roster who are we bringing in. Um, there was the AEW uh, rally that happened uh, this this past Tuesday, uh, just down the street from the SmackDown tapings actually. Um, so. So we'll just kind of jump into that um, with with uh, with everything that's happening with All Elite. Um, so uh, basically, All Elite. Um, there's there's just so much going on. Um, 
we know that Neville has signed with All Elite. He showed up at the uh, he showed up at the uh, he showed up at the rally. We know that MJF has signed with All Elite. Uh, Chris Jericho is officially All Elite. Um, the first woman in the women's division. They announced um, the girlfriend of Adam Cole, Bebe, and uh, an independent standout, Britt Baker. Also good friends with Chelsea Green. Britt Baker signing was, I guess, uh, as far as, like, out of everybody who, all the women who were involved at All In, I think Britt Baker was the last one who wasn't signed. Um, and also, uh, Britt Baker, um, I think she was kind of, as far as people who weren't signed in indie women, uh, who hadn't already been on television, who would be fresh faces. Uh, Britt Baker is one of the bigger names that's that's floating out there that already hasn't been, um, like, in a company that's on television like that. Uh, so I think that getting Britt Baker was a good get for AEW. And also uh, something that was really important for, uh, for AEW, uh, Brandy Rhodes... Uh, the wife of Cody Rhodes, she was able to announce that for the women's division there in AEW, for the women's superstars, they are going to be making as much as the men. So main event women, main event men are going to be on the same pay scale. So that's going to be something that's huge going forward. If AEW is able to fulfill and live up to these promises as far as salary goes, now... um and they're actually able to deliver on getting a big-time TV deal. Right now, WWE doesn't have to worry. But if they're able to deliver on these deals and getting the television deal, now all of a sudden you got to have, if you're WWE, you're going to have to look at some of your people, like uh, like some of these people who may be upset with their push. Uh, think of a... Think of a think of a Kevin Owens. He's already good friends with the Bucks, uh, and everyone who's uh, involved in AEW are people that he's already worked with before and has relationships with. Uh, I think that he would fit in very well in AEW and would have a chance to be a top star. But um, You know, that's somebody to think of. Sami Zayn is another name to think of. Uh, then, of course, there's the names that we're already hearing about. Uh, the Revival, possibly. Uh, Ty Dillinger, maybe. Tyler Tyler Breeze. Uh, but, I mean, of course, all this is just speculation. There's, these, these people are still under contract with WWE. One of the names that could have possibly jumped to AEW, and I think could have been a success in AEW, but we had already reported here on this show that he had made, that he had signed with WWE, so this isn't really a surprise, but Trevor Lee uh, is with, is officially signed with WWE, but what I, but what is a little bit of a surprise, uh, to me anyway, is that Trevor Lee has signed with WWE but he signed a four-year deal. 
uh, with WWE. Um, a four-year deal, to me, uh, just kind of says that WWE is trying to make sure that talent is locked up just in case uh, just in case there is uh, AEW does launch and take off and they become competition you want you want these people that you're locking in to be around for a while you don't you don't want to sign somebody and then two years later uh, after their name has gotten hot in WWE they can just jump ship and make a difference for AEW you know so um it's going to be really interesting times as far as contracts and and all of that are concerned um it's interesting already um it's come out what the young bucks uh and Cody were offered by WWE um they were offered uh, big-time contracts. The Young Bucks were offered uh, money that's close to what AJ Styles is seeing right now. Um, so that's that's definitely uh, in the millions. I think it's reported that AJ is making somewhere around like six, seven million a year. Uh, so the Young Bucks were were looking in that and that ballpark. Um, also with. Uh, with a certain measure of creative control and if they weren't happy with their push and how things were going they could leave uh within six months so it was just a it was a lot of stuff that just wasn't um that's not offered normally uh to people so wwe either really sees uh, the value that the Bucks and everybody could come uh, could bring, and also they were going to give them a home on WWE Network for the Being the Elite content. Uh, so WWE obviously saw the value that the Bucks and the Elite could bring in. Um, Hangman Page was going to get main roster money to work NXT and uh, be pushed as a major star down there. Uh, so, it was, uh, you know, they, they made the, they made the deal, uh, pretty sweet, uh, but, but the Young Bucks and the Elite, and they really believe in what they're doing, so they decided to stick to their guns about AEW, um, also we have, uh, I think I, as I retweet, uh, as I, uh, reported last week, uh, BJ Whitmer, is uh working backstage uh billy gunn is going to be working backstage um they also announced that they have signed the bad boy joey janela uh penelope ford is going to be with aew um chris jericho is another huge signing for them uh aew with signing chris jericho now they have their attraction now they have their brock lesnar now they have a bargaining chip to with which they can be like hey put us on tbs not only do we have the young bucks and cody rose and adam page who are some of the hottest uh young wrestlers today but we also have chris jericho who is a proven 20-year ratings draw 
you know so uh, there's uh, AEW has has a lot a lot for them going um, in that regard uh, the also with uh, AEW um, they are getting into the game with at least a hundred mil uh behind them. So there's a it's it's uh it's something that's that we haven't seen in a long time. There there have been other startups, but there haven't been companies coming into the game out of the gate with this much money behind them. Um being able to sign uh being able to sign different uh bigger names and they're offering um I believe the floor of the contracts are six figure contracts. So if you're somebody like, uh, you know, ACH who is, who has been rumored to be heading to NXT, all of a sudden AEW is a thing. And now you might not be so, uh, you might not be so inclined to sign that contract. Now, remember we have heard that Shane Strickland was on his way into NXT. Now this could, this could all this at the this could all be all this talk could be rendered useless when Shane Strickland pops up at uh Takeover Phoenix and ACH is sitting in the crowd, you know? But we haven't heard those announcements. We've heard that all three Trevor Lee Shane Strickland ACH, we've heard that all three will be in NXT in January. But the only official announcement we've gotten is Trevor Lee. Now it could be that they've announced they went ahead and announced Trevor Lee now because they feel that showing Trevor Lee as a surprise in the crowd at TakeOver won't get the kind of reaction that a Matt Riddle or a Keith Lee may have gotten. Uh, and they could be right. I'm actually a big Trevor Lee fan. I like Trevor Lee. I felt he was uh, criminally underutilized on uh, Impact. They had him as a former uh, X Division champion, but just treated him like dirt. But I, I just think it's something to keep an eye on. Shane Strickland could possibly he's he's hot right now and I feel like he could possibly end up in AEW if he has not already signed with WWE same with ACH and they have a relationship with ACH going back to working together in ROH I have no proof of this it's just speculation just fun talk But it's just interesting to see. It's interesting to pay attention. Uh, all of January is just going to be... It's going to be crazy to see what's going on. And another key thing... We don't know what's happening with Kenny Omega. We assume that Kenny Omega is heading to AEW. I think it's pretty safe to assume that he's headed to AEW. Just like I was, I felt it was pretty safe to assume that AEW was a real thing. But... You just never know until you actually hear the announcement. Um, 
and hearing what WWE was throwing at the Bucks, throwing at the Elite, I think we can all commend them and applaud them and say that they really do love wrestling and it's not about the money. Even though they stand to make way more money by making doing this venture, but it's not guaranteed. The contract with WWE was guaranteed. So, all of us as wrestling fans, um, if AEW ends up being successful and an alternative to WWE, uh, I think we all owe them a little bit of money. Or not, not money, but uh, grat- uh, well, we do owe them a little bit of money and a whole lot of gratitude. And I will gladly... Uh, pay up on that money that I owe them by ordering AEW events uh, if uh, you know if it it becomes a successful promotion Uh, and I'm rooting for it to become a successful promotion I've talked to some of my friends and it's weird I don't understand us as wrestling fans sometimes a lot of people have been hitting me up and do you think it's going to be successful Uh, I don't know like why are you already like down it let's let's wait it out and see what's going on they're still announcing the the roster and the the roster that they have so far let's just take a look at who is in AEW so far um who's been announced as uh as official uh as official pieces of the AEW roster let's see here um officially a part of the AEW roster uh we got Cody Rhodes Brandy Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Hangman Page, Chris Jericho, Pac, Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, MJF, Britt Baker, SCU, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and then not only uh, not only those guys, but we also have OEW from uh, from China. So they uh, or OWE, sorry, OWE from China. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen those guys, but these guys are ridiculous uh, doing flips. Uh, the 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 high flying wrestling they are, these guys are just next level. Um, so they have they already have a talent agreement with OWE, and uh, I believe while we're waiting for uh, for Kenny Omega, New Japan Pro Wrestling does not want to lose access to Kenny Omega. Um, and I'm sure that they don't want to lose access to the Bucks or, uh, or Cody or Hangman either, but, you know, they're, they're willing to let them go. But Kenny, they want Kenny. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. They need Kenny on their roster. They really want Kenny. And if there is a way for them to continue to work with AEW, especially if AEW is going to be on national television, if there's a way for them to continue to work together, you can trust and believe that New Japan is going to find a way to work with with AEW and keep this talent exchange going so that they can have Kenny Omega still be a face for New Japan in America. In the West. Um, But... And then, if that's the case, and now AEW has access to New Japan's talent, where we can have Kazushika Okada, or where we can have, you know, uh, LIJ 
Tetsuya Naito. Uh, we can have a Naito and Jericho AEW match. Now, all of a sudden, we're cooking with gas. Um, so there's there's just a lot a lot going on, and for all of January, we're just going to be uh, hearing a lot about AEW. And then even if they uh, even if they don't, there's so much talent uh, that AEW could still pull on that's that's here uh, in the states that that aren't uh, currently on television. There's guys like uh, Death by Elbow, JT Dunn. Um, she's a wrestler. Kimber Lee didn't work out in NXT, but she, I think she could work out a whole lot better in AEW in that, in that, uh, in that, in that division. And then there's all the, there's all the MLW guys, uh, the guys who work MLW who are able to, uh, MLW allows their, uh, allows their talent to work for other promotions that are also on television so uh, and then also with Pac showing up, Pac showed up with his belt uh, he's the Dragon Gate champion is there going to be a AEW and Dragon Gate uh, agreement, so there's there's just a lot going on, it's, uh, it's a whole lot of fun uh, and I can't wait to see what happens with wrestling uh, in 2019 And with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up as my dog comes up to say what's up to me. What's up, Hana? What's up, buddy? All right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Thank you for listening. Tune in. Stay with us. World Champion of the World podcast. We ain't going nowhere. All 2019, like I said, coming real soon. uh, Launching some stuff on YouTube. Um, A new series is going to be called Getting Over. Going to be watching matches with... Uh, people who aren't necessarily wrestling fans and seeing if we can get wrestling over with them uh so stay tuned with that uh stay tuned that's coming soon and like i said man we're gonna be having my man uh eduardo joining the podcast soon eddie spaghetti that's that's the name we're rolling with i don't that's that's just who he's gonna be so just lock that in all right guys thanks for listening peace